Hey besties, what's up? Welcome back to the Bloom with Becca podcast. I am your host, Becca. Episode three already, how exciting. Look at us go. Haven't missed an episode yet. It'd be pretty bad if we had. Today we're talking all things failure. I want to talk about how sometimes things do not go as planned and that's okay. I want to go into my whole non-professional philosophy, my advice on how to cope with failure, why I think quitting doesn't make you a loser, how quitting can actually be a good thing. And yeah, just a bit of a vulnerable one. I'm going to be talking about my experiences, my stories, what success actually means to me. Do I think of myself as successful? Just a whole deep dive into those chats, getting a little bit reflective today. And I really hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get into it. Hello, how are we? What's up? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bloom with Becca. I've had the nicest messages from you guys this week. It has just made my week, filled my heart with so much joy. I also feel like I've been doing like just podcast work this week. It's Thursday. I'm going to Edinburgh tomorrow. I actually filmed um, the last episode literally only three days ago. So don't worry, this episode isn't going to be too much of like a big catch up. We're going to head into the topic, like the main theme of this podcast pretty soon. I will give you a little catch up though. I mean, it's been three days. Some stuff has happened. But yeah, I just wanted to start this episode. I feel like I start every episode with telling you guys how amazing you are because you are. Um, After both episodes, I've received the sweetest messages from you guys. I just feel like this podcast, I know it's early days. Okay, I don't want to get excited. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I do feel like we're already doing it. The whole intention behind this podcast was just to build an even stronger community. Yeah, just be a lot more connected with you guys. Have this kind of relationship where you guys can message me on Instagram. I've been actually quite active on the Bloom with Becca Instagram, doing more like talking stories, just less filtered stuff. I'm so freaking weird about what I put on my main Instagram. And sometimes I, I've like thought about why is that when this is actually my full-time job and I'm like, it's because I still have people from school on there. <laughs> like how stupid is that? It actually is though. I still follow and have people from school that follow me and I don't know why like I find that weird. Whereas like being chatty with you guys who I've actually never met feel closer with you guys and I, I know you guys like aren't judging me. You're the most wonderful wonderful community I could possibly have asked for and I love that some of you have told me like this podcast kind of feels like you're talking to a friend you're catching up with a friend that makes me so happy like that you can see from the cover image I'm on the phone that was the aim again like this is episode three it could really all go to shit from here but I'm trying my best I feel like I've been putting in a lot of time this week into the pod and it's been great it's like really sparked I don't know creativity within me I feel like when you like with any job if you're kind of stuck in the same rhythm and routine for me it's like get that one video out on YouTube a week but yeah starting a new project and like finding that sort of early passion for something is such a good feeling I feel like it's a honeymoon phase right the same with dating when something's new and exciting and it's kind of working out it you know going to plan It's a good feeling. Ironically, we're talking about when things don't work out later on in this podcast. Anyway, I'm not going to ramble too much um, because I feel like it does not help this podcast. Like if you're someone who stumbled across the title of this podcast and you're not interested in me at all and just the subject, which is absolutely fair enough, it does not help that I start these podcasts off by giving you like 
an update on how I'm doing. But I know the however many of you, 30% that care about me and what's up, you know, want to hear this. It's actually really therapeutic to come on here and talk to you guys. I feel like it's such a nice little safe space. As always, I'm going to ask if you're comfortable giving this podcast a review that would make my day. You can leave a review either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This is available on YouTube as well. It's actually a video podcast in case you want to watch me or you can obviously listen on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts. But yeah, any and all support, just you listening, helps me out more than you even know. So thank you for being here. What have I been up to? Like I said, it's only been like three days since I last filmed episode two. So yeah, I'll make this short and sweet. Um, But I still wanted to include a little weekly catch up. I'm going to Edinburgh tomorrow to see my fam, which I touched on in last week's episode. So hence why I kind of need to pre-record this to make sure it's up on time. And also like I am so weird about filming or, oh my God, I can't imagine recording a podcast in my family home, like whilst people are still in. That makes me cringe. I definitely have to record these pods when I'm home alone. Thankfully, Will like works in an office every day. I mean, not thankfully, he kind of hates it. But for me, it means, yeah, home alone most days. I got my hair done yesterday. I wanted to look cute for this podcast, but it was chucking it down all day yesterday. I left the salon, my hair went flat. So never mind. Um, however, yeah, I've had my first ever extensions appointment, like they've moved up the extensions. If you don't know, this is my first time like trying hair extensions. And so it was my first refit appointment. Yeah, we gave my hair a little gloss. Gloss makes your hair look so much healthier. I don't know. I just want to share for anyone who's had hair extensions. I'm sure you get it. But when my stylist who I love, he's such a babe. But when that man took out my hair extensions, because obviously they take them out to move them back up your hair there's a period where you can feel your natural hair again my hair felt so thin like rat tail thin I was like no way that's what my hair is like without extensions and he was there like yeah you've like barely shed any hair you've taken care of them so well and I was like thank you thank you fluff my ego more yep this is this is great I love having extensions I cannot lie when I felt my hair without them, I it made me sad. I was like, my I swear my hair was not that thin before. So can someone please tell me if you've had hair extensions, please message me and tell me like, is that just a normal experience? Is that like psychological? My hair just feels really thin. Oh, I'm finding myself so annoying. The cycle and addiction to hair extensions is real. It's a real thing. And I don't really want that addiction. I'm getting a little bit scared because they take your hair out and then you are like, oh my God, put it back in. Similar kind of thing with eyelash extensions. I had eyelash extensions like all of last year. I got them again around spring, summertime because I had a few holidays. I wanted to look good, okay? I feel like the natural look has really been more what people are going for this year. Yeah, I'm still like trying to get used to my face without eyelash extensions. It's all good. I, I do think I look better. I think becomes dangerous territory when you're kind of in the habit of like hiding behind these beauty treatments you're getting eyelash extensions to hide behind them I was actually watching the Vogue video on YouTube with Ariana Grande who I love I am patiently waiting for the Wicked film she did a video with Vogue and she was talking about how she she got a little bit emotional made me a bit emotional she was saying how beauty and makeup for her for ages was just a way of hiding it was like a thing to hide behind. Yeah, and I don't know, that really hit me. And I was like, I'm sure a lot of women relate to that. We are always told, right, that like 
makeup and stuff is meant to enhance your natural beauty. But yeah, sometimes, sometimes if you're really honest with yourself, you realize you're actually using it to hide. I think she also talked about how filler was that for her as well. So she like got it all taken out. That was such a refreshing conversation to hear from a celebrity. People who I feel like are even more hush hush about what they've had done and celebrities do often just kind of come off as perfect. And I don't blame them. I think it comes from a place of like trying to protect their own sort of peace and the public the general public love to rip apart their lives so if you can kind of have this facade then fair enough i don't know it's a weird one anyway that's not what we're here to talk about today two media recommendations um i have been loving ted lasso which is funny because it's like it's a football show like why am i into that i do not like football I never have. I didn't grow up with a dad who was like into sport. Not a big fan of football. Will is though. Huge fan of football. Anyway, we started Ted Lasso. It is such a sweet show. It is so wholesome. The characters, the relationships between the characters, like so heartwarming. I'm, we're both actually loving it. I love when we both get into a show. And then another Apple TV show actually is The Morning Show been loving that still in season one but it's got jen ann that woman oh girl crush icon for me growing up oh my word i wanted to be rachel when i was growing up watching friends as a teenager i swear like taught me so much it's like still my sense of humor funny story stupid story i'll be quick i went on a date with a guy once and he said he didn't like friends long story short we never went on another date. That sounds ridiculous, I know. There were a few other things wrong with that date. It's probably one of the worst dates I've ever been on. But anyway, I'm sorry. I can't understand why someone doesn't like Friends. I freaking love it. But anyway, the morning show, really good. Completely different to Friends, but does have Jennifer Aniston in it. And she is incredible in it. It's basically just about how this morning show is kind of thrown into chaos when news breaks about one of the anchors. I'm terrible at summarizing a synopsis so i'll stop right there but i recommend ted lasso and the morning show you're welcome so the other day i was actually sitting down and sort of being reflective on my work my career like where i want to take all of this and i was setting some goals just for the rest of this year since it is actually w within reach christmas is literally around the corner i'm sorry i'm sorry to be the one to say it but you have to agree with me like this time of year actually goes by in a blink of an eye and I had to seriously think about those things that I said I was going to do this year career-wise like what where are we up to am I actually going to do them so I had a little check-in with myself which genuinely despite what I talk about on YouTube and like doing monthly reset videos and all of this I actually rarely get quite hyper-focused on work goals I've always been that way I'm the kind of person who's like what will be will be just like keep working hard have that big goal in mind and do everything you can to get there but anyway a few days ago I was trying to be a bit more strategic about it which I do think is really beneficial like actually writing out your goals a bit of manifestation telling yourself you're gonna do it sometimes works sometimes there's a lot of power behind that and honestly recently I have been struggling to see like I hate the five-year question where do you want to be in five years because with this job I love my job but I I don't know and so that was getting me a little bit worked up a little bit freaked out and <laughs> hold up okay this is the thing I 
I hate about myself and I have always been wired this way. I hate being a 24 year old and worrying so much about feeling like I haven't done enough already, worrying if I'm making the most of my time as a 20 and why I cannot turn off that part of my brain. All of that got me thinking and I have always been the person who has been obsessed with, I was going to say like time stamps, that's not the right way to phrase it, but like I've always told myself, oh, by 25, I'm going to be super successful. Oh, by 30, I'm going to be rich. I remember when I was a kid, I would be like, well, by 10, I'm going to be a famous singer. I was obsessed with Michael Jackson when I was a kid. That almost feels like a controversial thing to say nowadays, but I was, I was obsessed with Michael Jackson. I wanted to be the biggest pop star on the planet. And I would tell myself like, okay, if I do this and I do this by 12, I'll be super famous. And that's okay for a 10 year old. You're young and dumb, whatever. You're allowed to dream. When I catch myself still being like that as a 24 year old being like, oh, well, you know, by the time I'm 27, I will have done this. I'll be this successful. I'll have this much money. I'm like, girl, why can't you just enjoy being in your 20s? Why is it I don't want to be out every evening with friends, drinking, partying, clubbing, socializing, doing what, you know, society tells us our 20s are for. And we're also kind of told if you don't live life like that in your 20s, you're going to regret it. You want to make the most of your 20s. This is what we're constantly fed every day. And I think it's something I battle as someone who places so much importance in what I do. And that is like a huge part of my identity. I get scared about the thought of regretting how I've decided to spend my 20s. Does anyone else get like that? Which is so ridiculous. It's so tiring because the whole point of your 20s is like you're working it out. And let's be honest, it is so easy to get distracted and in the world of comparison, that sort of deadly cycle, when we look at those who are younger than us, maybe more successful, whatever that means, I'm going to touch on that, or, you know, they have more money than us, they have a better car than us. And then you ask yourself, have I failed? That is what I want to talk about today. The fear of failure and failure, not just in an academic sense, not just in your professional life, your professional endeavors, but failure as a whole, the bigger picture of failure. The fear of failure can actually be the biggest motivator to actually get stuff done. I know for me, it's to prove to myself I can do something, to prove I've made something of myself, to prove to those who didn't think I could that I did. I've always been someone who's like, I've always been someone who's like, don't tell people your plans, show them the results, particularly for those people who kind of want to see you fail. And you know, they kind of want to see you fail because you've done something out of the norm. I was thinking about this recently when you're approaching a big task, maybe a big deadline, a big project, what is driving you to get that done to achieve those results? I feel like it's either one of two things. It is either you are running away from the fear of being a failure or sure, you're running towards that feeling of success. I want you to genuinely stop and think for a second, which of those two is a bigger motivator for you? The fear of failure or the idea of succeeding? I feel like my whole job, having my YouTube channel, now this podcast, for me, if I'm being really honest, the drive has always been kind of, but don't fail don't fail publicly. And as a result of that, 
maybe not so much for this podcast because it's such early days. I don't know. I can't really call this a success or maybe I can. Depends what you define as success. But say, for example, my YouTube channel ended up working. You can say it's now my full time job. I have monetized it. I love it. I love what I do. And I think genuinely came from a place of being afraid of failing and doing it in front of everyone, especially since what I do is so public. And it's obviously something that puts people off from day one. Anyone can do this job, but there's a reason why not everyone does. The world that we live in with social media being as prevalent as it is in everyone's lives, we're so, so used to seeing everyone's highlight reel. And I've said this so many times before, but because of that, and it, this does not just apply to influencers, people who make a career out of being online. This applies to a lot of people. When we fail, it almost feels like we're kind of doing it more publicly now. And we're afraid of failing publicly. When someone starts a new course, they start a new job, they start a new relationship. But failure is part of life and it's inevitable. I went to music school. I went to music school to be a singer. I went and studied performance. Am I a singer today? No. <laughs> I'm going to be vulnerable here. It is a pretty uncomfortable, painful moment when someone from my personal life who maybe hasn't seen me in a few years and doesn't really know what I do now, but they ask me or they say, oh, you should, you know, you should get back into singing. You should get back into music. Well, why don't you sing anymore? That is such a loaded comment or question. And of course it is. And, but you know, it never comes from a place of cruelty from these people. No one's trying to be rude. But for me, it almost feels like a reminder of, you kind of failed at that. And yeah, technically I did. I am not a singer today, but am I more successful now in what I'm doing? Maybe. I guess I'll never really know, but do I regret going to music school and trying that? No. It's such a big question that we ask ourselves, like younger you, would younger you be proud of you now? Um, and it really puts you in a place to reflect. But when you're younger, you feel the weight of failure so much more. Failure feels way more like this life-altering thing. Um, and I know there's been studies about this, like as you get older, as you age, yeah, failures in life don't carry as much weight as they do when you're younger. When you're younger and you fail your driving test, when you're younger and you fail your freaking school results uh the feeling of results day and opening results not getting what you want like it depends what school you went to it depends on your upbringing for my school it was like there was so much writing on how well you performed in these subjects and which little letters you got at the end of the year your success how smart you are as a person how successful you're going to be as an adult it would feel like it was all coming from that one damn sheet of paper and obviously you get a bit older I am 24 I'm not speaking from a place of wisdom I'm speaking from a place of I'm working this out I'm thinking out loud and I really hope you guys see that and appreciate that relate to that I know for me those exam results played such a little part in who I am and what I do today my first ever year of doing exams I remember I felt like such an average student and I kind of felt that off my teachers as well like I was probably predicted very average results when I did my nat fives which in in Scotland that's like your GCSEs it's your first round of exams that you do right I remember opening those exam results and I got all A's apart from biology <laughs> we can scrap that biology got a B but anyway I got good results I remember being completely shocked over the moon just feeling like I 
I proved people wrong and I proved to myself that when you work hard, you can achieve whatever you want. Then come the next year for for reasons X, Y, Z, I will not go into. And this is not a sob story. That year was probably one of the hardest years of my life. And come results day, I passed everything, but I, I got like A, B, C, not the results I thought I was going to get. I remember feeling like the ground below me had just swallowed me whole and I felt so worthless. I felt stupid. I felt like such a failure. I learned from it and I moved on. That was a big year actually, just in general with personal things. I learned that life is not all picture perfect and daisies and roses. And I think it actually really matured me. I was talking to my sister the other day and I was like, I don't know what topic to choose for episode three. She's a uni student, she's 20. And she was like, well, how about you talk about like going back to uni? Um, prepping for deadlines and projects, how you manage your time, how you balance everything. Um, and I was like, yeah, I guess. But I, I kind of was like, I don't think majority of my viewers are students. But I was like, I feel like I can talk about how I went and did a music degree and I'm not doing that today. That's so normal, right? A lot of people go and they study a degree and then they don't actually use that degree or, you know, work in that exact field. But yeah, it gave me the inspiration of things don't always work out and that's okay. And yeah, just the whole theme of failure and how failure is inevitable and it's just how you kind of pick yourself up from it. Funny story, I, I'm sure loads of you have heard of the Diary of a CEO podcast. It's like one of the biggest podcasts in the world by Stephen Bartlett. And a few months ago, he announced that he was going to hold this dinner because they were launching this new product and it was like you could sign up there was I think 20 or 30 spots for this dinner yeah I didn't sign myself up for this I didn't even see this and Will actually signed me up on my behalf thanks without asking me by the way just putting that in there yeah he's always been my biggest cheerleader believes in me more than I do and he was like this would be amazing imagine if you got picked I got fucking picked mm-hmm I was like, I don't want to go. That is so out of my comfort zone. Dinner with 20 random strangers. And um, I think that's all we were told. From what I remember, everyone showed up like having no idea what to expect. But it turns out that it was for launching their little like card deck. It kind of looks like Cards Against Humanity, but it has a bunch of reflective questions in this deck. And so at this dinner, we all were given a question this room of strangers, we all had to go around and answer the question on our card. My question was, what does success mean to you? I'm mentioning this story because I feel like it does fit into this. And it is a question I still ask myself because I'm still figuring it out. And I think I said something along the lines of like doing something valuable every day and, you know, really finding purpose from work, my relationships, doing things with meaning. Um, but I, I remember I also said, if you'd asked me that though, back when I was 16, I would have said to be a pop star. <laughs> That's what I thought success looked like. And so by my 16 year old answer, that would mean that me today is not successful. And how we measure success is so weird. Like what we actually consider to be successful, you know, you kind of have your common answers, like money, how much money you have, the social hierarchy, how many friends you have, how high up you are in your company. And are you happy? Like just the general happiness. I've realized there's such an obsession with 
perfection and the perception of perfection, how we come off. It almost feels like there's way less room for learning lessons, way less room for messing up because fear is such a strong emotion and the fear of messing up, you know, it really is a scary one and it stops us from pushing ourselves to try new things, to take risks. I remember when I was young, I was 12 years old and I was auditioning for a part in the school play. But how these auditions worked was we all had to do our audition, this little monologue in front of everyone. And this tiny, insignificant moment um, in my life actually still was a lesson today. I, I remember I got up, I started strong and then I messed up. And as a result of that, I didn't get the part. I didn't get a part in the play at all. And that was a failure that was witnessed by all these other people in the room. This is a really tiny example, but I remember it was really hard. It was really embarrassing. And that could have taught me to just not bother with auditions anymore, but it didn't. And I look back and I'm always proud of little 12 year old me for being brave and just learning a lesson from it instead. And I know I have always been someone who's a little obsessed with whatever endeavor it is that I take on. I want to be the best at it. I want to be the best at what I'm doing, but you cannot let that stop you from trying new things, from taking on new hobbies, new challenges, because it's just part of life. You're always going to come across someone who's better than you at something. So it's your decision whether you're going to use that as something that completely demotivates you or don't get distracted by it. Use it as inspiration. Singing for me felt like I was given a natural talent. I can sing, but I never felt like I was going to be the best at it. And Something about that I was not okay with. Knowing when to quit has probably been one of my biggest lessons. Being a quitter is not always a bad thing. It does not just automatically make you a loser, kind of like how we're taught as kids. If something is not working out for you, it is no longer benefiting you, and you do not think sticking it through is going to be worth it, quit. Now, I don't want to come off as naive and stupid. I'm completely aware that it is not that simple for a lot of people. As you know, we get older in life, we have more responsibilities, we might have kids, we might have a mortgage. And for example, like quitting your job is not that simple. But yeah, I just wanna talk about how quitting does not always make you a loser. And sometimes it actually makes you braver. You know, in, in life, we see people who have stuck in the same maybe sort of dead end job, which is fine, but maybe it's a person who does not enjoy it they are not happy in this job, could also be a relationship and they are stuck and we never see them quit. And it comes at a cost of your mental health, your mental well-being. You almost trade those things for like a sense of security. But I think it's important to remember time and your health are two of the most valuable things in life. Time is a very cliche saying, but I really stand by it. Time you can never buy back Time, no matter how rich you are, you can never buy back. And then if you don't have your health, you cannot enjoy life. Health is wealth, as they always say. And so, yeah, valuing those things and sometimes recognizing that maybe you need to prioritize them is a powerful thing. And I know this is a very simplified approach. It is not that simple for every circumstance. It generally speaking, is easier to take those kind of riskier moves when you're younger. I remember last year when I quit my job, my full-time job, to pursue doing social media full-time, I look back and I know that was one of the best decisions I've ever made, point blank, easy, simple, but it was not that clear when I was there making that decision. It felt risky. It didn't feel like the obviously smart, clear thing to do. But I knew over that year that I was sacrificing 
my spare time I was sacrificing my health by not making time to go to the gym to work out to take care of my body I had to prioritize work in every circumstance I have very little work-life balance and I felt like I was getting to a point as well where I wasn't doing either job as well as I could have and that's a really frustrating thing as well you know social media being my job that was my full-time job and also this and being on social media that much I say it every single time is not good for anyone I would be doing it all day for a company and then doing all my stuff in the evening and it just was so detrimental to my health and that's why I am never going to come on here and talk about how you have to have a side hustle because honestly last year was rough but I'm also like I knew I was working towards having the flexibility and the kind of life I have now I'm proud of myself for sticking through last year but it still came to that point where I had to make that decision take that risk and be brave and go I have to pick something I'm gonna quit this job maybe that makes me a bit of a failure but let's see how this YouTube thing works out one of the biggest biggest tips and just like lessons or at least a lesson I've learned that so applies to how I've approached everything in life I was actually gonna save this tip for I want to do um a birthday special kind of episode when I'm 25 because I'm gonna be 25 in November um which oh my god it's gonna be so fast but yeah I wanted to do like a 25 lessons I've learned as a 25 year old kind of episode but I'm gonna let you in on one of those lessons. There is so much power at becoming really good at one thing. An example, and this was taught to me really young. I have my dad to be thankful for that he taught me this. Um, my dad, when I was younger, was a guitar teacher. He actually taught at quite a fancy private school. So, you know, would see these kids from more privileged backgrounds, if you will. A lot of the time, there would be a bunch of kids that were kind of balancing like three different instruments they would have trombone on Tuesdays guitar on Wednesdays and saxophone on Fridays and then he would see kids who their only instrument was guitar like sure maybe they did other extracurricular activities but for this example we're talking musically the kids that focused on one instrument almost always went further were more successful and just all around better musicians than the kids who were balancing way too much. I know that sounds obvious. I know that sounds simple, but that example always stuck with me. And let me tell you, I see it in the real world. I see it every day. I see it in the professional world. Do one or two things really well. And a lot of the time that will grant you more success than you trying to juggle and being mediocre at five different things. I've never really understood people who spread themselves a little bit too thin across a bunch of different things and just don't become really good at one thing. Even with what I do, I see it in the world of social media. The, you know, the message we're kind of constantly told as creators is while you should be prioritizing quality over quantity, but actually on platforms like TikTok, quantity a lot of the time is going to be rewarded more. If you're striving for virality and you're just pumping out all these trends and it's more about the quantity and keeping up with it than quality, then sure. TikTok might reward you with a bunch of views. And I constantly tell myself to be a more successful content creator as a whole, I need to be bigger on TikTok and Instagram. But I know in myself truly and how I work, how my brain works, I would not be where I am today nor the creator I am today if I didn't put so much focus on making my videos how they are on YouTube. And you might criticize me, 
that it takes me two days to edit and there's obviously someone who can do it in three hours but I do think I have a leg to stand on and I can prove that that approach has worked for me in that sense. I'm annoying. I take time with my videos. Um, you know, I met someone earlier this year at a wedding and we we're talking about what we do. I spoke about how I'm a YouTuber and their reaction was, you make one video a week and you actually make a living off of that? Yeah, that's, he didn't mean it in a rude way at all. He really didn't. I know for me, like how much work is involved in it. And you know, someone who lives with me like Will 100% sees it. But it got me thinking that success is in the eye of the beholder as well. And it's similar to the saying, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Sometimes it's about how successful other people perceive us as opposed to how successful we genuinely feel in ourselves. Sometimes I'm insecure to say what I do, which is weird because I'm so proud of it and I love my job. I know that someone might take away from that, won't see it that way when I tell them. I feel like there's just such a fear of judgment and that perception of failure. Oh, all you did was go and be an influencer. There's so much taboo obviously around being an influencer full time, being an influencer is a job, but I can't help it when someone kind of diminishes me and what I do in that way. I feel a little bit less successful. I was recently featured in Women's Health which I feel like is a really cool achievement. I've never done anything like that before. And they shared it on their Instagram and it was all about like the difference between working out at 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. And a load of people kind of jumped on in the comments being like, influencers have no idea about the real world because people don't choose to work out at 5 a.m. People have kids, they have a job. You know, some people have to get up at 5 a.m. Completely fair enough. It was the first time though that I had had that kind of mass judgment and disagreeance for what I was saying. It like didn't upset me. I know those people just weren't interested and that's fine. But yeah, that's just something I've been digesting recently that success is in the eye of the beholder sometimes. And I was like, oh, was that a failure? because of how it was received, even though I was like proud of the article and what was in there. Depends how much power you put like in the opinion of others. Something I remind myself every single day is by not giving that thing a go, by not trying that thing, by not taking that risk, you have already failed. I think it's so true when people say, if you've never failed in life, then you haven't ever really lived. And you can genuinely find comfort in that. Your relationships, your work, moving to a new city. There are gonna be times in life where things do not work out, but it's how you kind of jump on that lesson and taking that failure, looking at it as this chance to learn from it. Also use it as an opportunity to actually be a little bit honest with yourself, even if it hurts, even if it's a little bit painful and evaluate your mistakes. How can you improve as a person? Like what did you genuinely do wrong? I think as well, there's comfort in when we fail, when we know, when we tried something and we know it didn't work out, then you are consequently one step closer towards working it out, towards getting closer to that thing that you want. Even, you know, if it really doesn't feel like that in the moment, but you can still take back control and it's all about how you deal with it. One of my favorite quotes is, stop comparing your insides to everybody else's outsides. That is so important, especially when scrolling on social media and it's like, oh my God, everyone's getting engaged, everyone's getting a promotion, I feel like a failure. Remember that quote, that you are comparing yourself to someone's highlight reel. Okay, that was a bit more of a serious episode. I hope you guys don't mind. I'm still very much working out like what I want to do with this pod and I feel like each episode it kind of 
maybe we get a little bit closer and yeah i appreciate you guys so much for sticking around i think i'm gonna go take mochi out he's like passed out on the couch right now he looks so cute you can't see him in the video but yeah he's snoring away he's chucking it down though it's been raining in london which is kind of nice kind of refreshing i'm going to edinburgh tomorrow like i said which will be really cold um but yeah i'll see you guys next week i really hope you enjoyed this episode thank you for all your love and support as always i'll see you next week for another little chit chat Mwah. bye Thank you, my loves, for listening to this week's episode of Bloom with Becca. Be sure to follow the Bloom with Becca Instagram page to get involved each week with your questions, your stories, your thoughts on different topics, all that good stuff. I'll see you guys next week for a new episode. Love you. Bye.